Welcome to Empowered Thinking at Play, a podcast hosted by me, Kim Nelson, writer, meditation teacher, empowered mindset coach, and someone with a very curious mind. This is a new series of podcasts which brings together a panel of strong-minded women to talk about topics that are often misinterpreted, especially in relation to women. Topics that may be seen as taboo but shouldn't be, and topics which need to be discussed in order to feel more empowered. Yes, indeed, views, ideas and opinions will not be suppressed in this series called Uncensored Conversations. So today's topic is about sensuality, which follows on from our previous topic on sexuality, because we needed to clear up both definitions as the lines between sexuality and sensuality are very much blurred. And it can often be the case that we skip over the sensual to get to the sexual. In a nutshell, Sexuality is about our state of mind and refers to our behaviour, thoughts and feelings regarding sex. Whereas sensuality is a state of being and relates to sight, sound, taste, smell and touch as a way to experience pleasure and not necessarily sexual. Sensual moments can heighten our awareness which can lead to feeling present, awake and alive. So exploring sensuality makes us feel good and really does boost our confidence. But are women exploring their sensuality enough? So to answer that question, I brought in a panel of women from various backgrounds and with their own ideas of what sensuality is to them. All right, ladies, let's start by introducing ourselves on this podcast about sensuality. Hello, I'm Jane. Um, I'm 43 from London. I work in finance. <laughs> I met you guys on a vegan yoga retreat. And I'm very looking forward to speaking about sensuality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Lila. I'm based in Birmingham in the UK, originally from Scotland. Um, I'm a virtual assistant, like business manager, so I work from home um, yeah, in Birmingham. I'm very excited to chat with you all today. Hi, I'm Emma. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher from um, UK. Uh, hi, I'm Odney, I'm 39, uh, I'm from Iceland. And I don't even know what I do because it changes day to day. Just uh, love and life. All right, then let's crack on. So do we know the difference between sexuality and sensuality? Any thoughts about that? I mean, from my perspective, when you first told us about the podcast, my view on sexuality was more, uh, I suppose, raw and um, the biological uh, side of actually having sex, having sexual organs and um, enjoying sex for what it is, whereas sensuality was more in being in touch with the senses. And I think the two are, they can be mutually exclusive, but inextricably linked as well. Indeed. Any thoughts on why these two words, though, sexuality and sensuality, get so confused with each other? 
think sort of sensuality can is can be confused as like a marketable a more marketable sexuality like when it's all like oh it's like lips and oh eating a yogurt and you know like it's like sexy things but they're the pleasure and it's like a more yeah like a more marketable a marketable version of overt sexuality sometimes in the media and so then it gets confused when we think about it within ourselves because we think about oh how do we see it and what are the images that we see when we think about it and not really what do we feel about it in our in our bodies and in our in our minds um, sensuality is more like the foreplay isn't it rather than sexuality is like the the base kind of instinctual mm. thing yeah yeah, so sexuality is a state of mind and sensuality is a state of being. So sensuality connects our body and our mind. And I think in sexuality, we quite often disconnect the mind bit. Where sensuality, I think it's, you're going deeper more into yourself in sensuality. It's not, in, not, not entirely sexual. Yeah. <laughs> sensuality is the, I'm... I'm teasing. I'm uh, not as abrupt with it. Whereas sexuality for me is that's that's it. You know that's uh, there is no grey line or it's like I'm showing you. Going back to cave times, I'd say the sensuality is I'm kind of showing you, hey there. But sexuality is uh, I want you, and it's how I would give off those. Um, vibes the first time i met you actually <laughs> i think it was the second day you exposed your rather ample bosom to me yep and that yep. was both sexual and sensual there you go see so. the human body can it can do can do so much more than just be sexual and sensual it can liberate but um, sexuality and sensuality don't have to be about sex, do they? Sexuality is you know, how you identify mm. as, as a person. And sensuality could be something as simple as um, food, you know, really nice way, way food feels in your mouth or getting into clean, you know, clean sheets in, in your bed or something. It doesn't have to be sexualized, even though it has that prefix in the word itself. I agree with Emma, there, there is sexuality and sensuality. For me, because of my line of work, I don't, uh, uh, I don't marry up sensuality with the senses as such, because food, we're so blunt about, you know, what does this evoke? So when I, I like what Emma said about sexuality is also about how do you classify yourself? But I guess for me, for this talk, sexuality and sensuality in terms of being a female and feeling empowered of either showing my sexual side or my sensuality it's been a taboo when actually I kind of think it should just be free like if if I want to show my sensuality or my sexuality that that's where I go yeah just own it mm. So do you think women are exploring their sensuality enough? You know, maybe look at yourself or observations from people you know. What's your opinion about that? I think for me, within 
the people that I know, I mean, a lot of my friends are quite, you know, they're busy people and they've got a lot going on. And I think sometimes, you know, because I work from home, sometimes I think that I spend a lot of time, you know, daydreaming or I've got time to, to do things. I don't have kids, so I don't have a lot of, you know, extra responsibility. So I spend a bit of time, you know, gazing at the moon or, you know, walk slowly home and, and do things like that. And I think a lot of women don't really have the time for that. Um, a lot of the time they've always got lots of other things going on and so sometimes time can be a massive barrier I think to exploring that a bit more and, and finding out what different things feel good instead of going for you know the usual chocolate and, and wine. Well they can be very sensual. Of course definitely. I mean I have to say this is a very cheap bottle of red wine <laughs> but it is really tantalizing my senses. <laughs> Thank you, Marks and Spots. Love oh, it. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I hope you're in, yeah, enjoying it, savouring it. That's that's the pleasure, right? Mm. But when it's, you know, and when it's used as like a, a numbing or a, you know, a... Well, that is wine. a really interesting point because I was just thinking, I think the way you're supposed to taste wine, for example, is a very sensual experience or ordinary food in the fact you are supposed to drink it slowly, keep it in your mouth, it's not just about the taste, it's about the texture, it's about the smell. And that to me is, you know, it's everything can be a sensual experience if, as you say, you take the time yes. to enjoy it and be almost mindful about it. Yes. But you see, I feel a bit crude because it, for me, sensuality is more vulnerable, whereas sexuality, um, I talked about this the other day, is uh, for me, you're so right with the senses and sensuality of wine and what you're doing but sometimes I just want a good fuck and for me that's sexuality because that's the why can't it be that blunt is that but I don't know that's that's where my brain has gone since you sent us that email is that for me sometimes it is that black and white mm -hmm. and why can't we just own that why can't it just be that simple at times, but we're we're human, so it's not always like that. But who's saying that you can't own that? Who's saying that that's wrong? Um, I work majority with men, and mm -hmm. uh, a, a man can go and get laid, uh, have a younger woman, and it's like, hey, mate, then as soon as a woman comes in and goes, yeah, I just want sex, that's it, you're labelled. And that sexual um, experience is a, is a different different mind game. I think from a female empowerment perspective, actually, it's sexuality that is, that is more almost important for females to own because sensuality mm. is seen more as an acceptable thing for women to indulge in because it's less raw and it's seen as less, you know, in your face. A woman's sexuality is incredibly empowering and incredibly powerful. Yeah, just before we came on, I, had, I, was, I was reading a few things, like I was Googling sexuality and sensuality, and I came across one article that talked about like three different types of, I don't know, whatever, whatever this is. So sexuality was one of them, sensuality was another, and intimacy was the third. And they were talking about people who, you know, who respond to the different, the different ones in different ways, you know, people might be more dominant in one area or, you know, more in, in another. Um, and so it was interesting, just I only quickly read it, but it was, it made me think a little bit there about 
just when you were saying that like what does intimacy mean i mean i know what it means but in this in this context oh how, 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 does, <laughs> how does it differ from sexuality and sensuality in in the article i was reading so i only i mean i briefly skimmed it um it was kind of like as if they were talking about sort of t the tantric sort of experience of, of sexuality so all that slowing down not going for the for the climax and you know just developing that that deep connection so they were saying that intimacy can be really stronger with sexuality like sexuality and also with you know sensuality but if someone's incredibly sexual and someone's sensual then someone who's looking for all their senses to be ready for you know for for <laughs> I was going to say penetration, but I didn't want to be that graphic. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, obviously. Sex can be far more than penetration, as we know. But you know what I mean? Just like open to the to the stuff before they're ready, whereas someone who's more sexual could just be like, let's let's do it, go, let's go for it now, you know, or the different ones. Would in, vulnerability that within that? I I would say so, but I mean, I don't I guess you have to have a vulnerability to be to truly have an intimacy. There has to be. Has anybody got any experiences of losing their sensuality? I know for me, for example, I've lost my sensuality in a relationship before. Um, so I think it's quite a common thing for women to lose their sensuality and in some ways lose their identity. Anybody got any experiences that relate to that? I mean, I've been married for 16 years. Stuart and I have, have, have a long marriage we've been together for 18 years and you know at the start of any relationship it's a honeymoon period and you know I'm very lucky to have married a man who's incredibly kind and caring and and, and, and it's fantastic in many ways but you do lose a sense of yourself after a period of time because mundane um, sets in you have children you've got to get them to school you got to go to work you know all of these sort of things and Number one, you're a wife. Number two, you're a mother. And therefore, you lose a sense of Jane and who Jane is and, um, you know, who I was before I got married. And so you can lose a sense of sexuality. You can lose a sense of sensuality. You can just lose a sense of who you are as a person, as an individual. And I just think that is just one of the things of being part of a, a long-time relationship or a long-term partnership. And I think it's absolutely vital. So whether it's, there's any trauma or sort of you're with the partner who is an absolute asshole <laughs> you know obviously that can can become far more um traumatic but i think with any long-term relationship you need to work at it to be sensual and intimate and sexual together but also not lose a sense of yourself and i think that's a that's quite a, a difficult balancing act well that brings me on to sensual experiences anybody want to talk about their sensual experiences yeah i have a uh, Two hour baths. <laughs> Two hours? Aren't you like a prune? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to lie down after I get out of the bath as well because I'm so warm. I need to have a rest. I need to recover after the bath. Like, you know, like in the spa when you have to just go and lie down. I have to do that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Please tell me what you bring with you for two hours. Also, I might have some a music. I might have a book. I'll have like a scrub. You know, there'll be some nothing, nothing too like um, maintenance-wise or nothing like that. There's no shaving or or that going on. It's all you know, just basically just lying in there, thinking, singing, splashing, splashing. 
Tea? Uh, water. No, I, no alcohol because I am. Um, it's too warm. Don't drown. Can you imagine? So just lots of water, a really cold glass of water. Sometimes I have to put a cold compress on my head. <laughs> just to, but it's that I'll open the window and be in the hot bath with the window open. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, really. I'm sitting there for ages. I think it's lovely. It's, I think it's that's so amazing. nice. Like it, yeah. it is, it's lovely. You know, mm. put the essential oils on every night at bedtime. Got my essential oils going, and mm. I'm really, I, I, I like all the smells is important as well. Like, to, yeah, and at this time of year, lighting candles and you know, dimming the lights and feeling cozy. I love it. Mm. Nice. Do you think winter time is more for being sensual then? For me, I feel like that. But it reminds me of when I was a kid, like um, bonfire night and walking home with like boys and stuff like that. It's got that kind of magic's in the air. You know, what could happen in the dark? <laughs> what did happen for God's sake? <laughs> you see, sensuality, now that you're talking about sensuality in that way, for me, it's not necessarily a hot bath and the candles. For me, it's nature. I can... Uh, go out and so I'm, I'm exploring this just bear with me is sensuality when you again please just bear with me because it's just like my brain is it when you feel so in touch with yourself that you feel a relaxation of your senses because a hot bath just reminds me of having to go swimming compulsory in hot water all my childhood so a hot bath does cool for me but you know something like being able to be out without freezing to death in your amazing English green culture and trees and like you're so rich in nature that it honestly and this is not you know bringing the lowering the tone but when I first moved to England the amount of sexual activity that took place in your woods and trees because I felt so Oh, what you did? Oh, God. Yeah, God, yeah. Like, free. There was, you know, in Iceland, there's hardly any trees, so you can't really get naughty because you just get seen. Whereas exploring <laughs> that as a, as a young woman, but don't forget that I come from a different culture where uh, the best way to explain it is I moved to England and you had a page three girl, and I'll never forget it. I was at work and I was working at Next and I went, what's this? Is she famous? And they all went, what? And I was like, well, I can get my tits out. I said, does that mean I get paid for it? Like, I don't get it. Is that an English thing? Well, if you're willing to get your breasts out, you, you get paid. Because in Iceland, um, it's such a big part of our country. Like before you go swimming, before you go exercising, you have to shower and you shower in the swimming pools naked with all other women of all ages. So we are very sort of raw with it all. It's very much like, yeah, I want sex, yeah, I'm naked, yeah, that's this body. So interestingly enough, I spoke to Kim about this, sensuality is far harder for me to get my head around. Mm. Yeah. Because culturally, the body is the body and you've got animal needs. So if you need them met, you just say, do you, like, it's been an issue in relationships before where I've just gone, oh, do you fancy a bit of sex? And they're like, oh, you're so, you're not romantic. Where's the warmth? 
And I'm going, well, that's different right now. I just need that. But back home, I'm not weird for that. Whereas mm, no. I can really struggle with that word you said, intimacy and sensuality. And I... When you were having sex outside, to me, that is just, it's just so awful because I think how cold I could be and, and mud and, and all sorts of things. And for me, for, from a senses perspective, it's just horrible. But did you not find it sensual or could be sensual in the fact that, you know, the wind was on your skin or, you know, yeah. there were smells of soil or so. Was that not a sensual experience as well as a quick fuck? Yeah, What's no, that's what I'm saying, because in mm. what I, when Layla was saying about taking a bath, mm. I get that sort of relaxation and total, I'm a lot more happy with myself. And I even find I get more confident. If I've been out and about on my own and in nature and with animals, uh, I'm more confident. I'm like, oh, OK, maybe sensuality isn't as um, sexual as I've always thought about it sensual is about feeling freer to then maybe be more authentic within your sexuality and actually that brings me on to another question this pandemic do you think it's actually helped people to connect with their sensuality or maybe it's disconnected them from their sensuality what are your experiences from yourself or maybe observations from other people I mean, I've been at home. I was at home before the lockdown anyway, so it didn't really make a difference. But, I did <laughs> but, but what was strange was... Do you ever leave I, the house? Exactly. I, honestly, you I'm a hermit. I barely... Yeah. I just sit in the bath all day. <laughs> I That's love it. <laughs> but I found my... It was weird because I found myself feeling jealous of other people who were only home, like, and it was new for them. And they were like, oh, I'm discovering all these things and I'm baking and I'm doing this. And I'm like, oh, my day's just the same. It's just the same for me. And then people are at home with their kids and they're having all these adventures and, you know, find, like, rediscovering things. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to, like, find some things to rediscover, you know. And so I felt for a while, really, when James was talking about sensuality after her ma marriage and kids, I mean, I haven't got kids, but I definitely felt a shift after I became Lila Williams um, and became married and started a new job. And so people who there just knew me as a married woman and they didn't know me as something before. And it was, and I felt like a lot older and I felt a lot, it felt very different um, to previously. And I felt like I'd lost a bit of who I was and yeah so I really I really identified with that when when you were talking there yeah I think it is like I feel like sensuality is it is part of in in your like knowing yourself knowing what you what you what feels good for you knowing what gives you joy um you know and when you start to lose sense of that then it's you know not so much so during lockdown I felt like oh let's try and I've been working on it before, but I thought this is time to um, knuckle down. <laughs> you see, with the pandemic, for me, it was a slightly uh, different experience uh, because being single and being on my own and I shared a house with someone that had a severe lung condition, so couldn't even go out, hardly even to the shops. Uh, so for 12 weeks, we were in total lockdown and uh, I had something surface up from uh, a past so I'm fostered and uh, something about my 
birth parents came up in a very public way and being locked down I only had me because I couldn't go home I couldn't go uh, and, and what I'd never noticed before is kind of see people and thinking that was a way of uh, letting go of it but actually sometimes by going and seeing people it's another way of avoiding it because you're talking about the issue instead of dealing with it and through that which was very fascinating for me is that I explored me more because I needed a release so um, but just on the topic of sensuality and sexuality I became more sensual with myself in terms of going for walks but also in terms of um, masturbating so I would learn how to have a release that I would normally have in a different way so the lockdown actually brought me closer to me in terms of um, you know soft things and sexual things so the lockdown had the reverse effect to me I, I just created a slightly better relationship with me well, that's really cool that's really interesting that you had the chance to do that and that you might, because you sound like you're, you really like being very well, you're really, really busy and you never really have the time, do you, usually? And you keep kind of going and going. So it kind of made you have to have to do that, have to sit with yourself. And that sounds like uh, like a reawakening of... <laughs> and it was, and it was fun. It was, it, it, it was, um, it was a real effort of tricking my own brain of going, yeah, it's a horrible situation for all of us. It's, um, you know, we're all lonely in our own way because even with, you know, I, I think all of you women that have children, I, you're the heroes, you're the real heroes in a lockdown because there was no time to explore. Whereas women like me without children, um, I had a choice. I could see it as a curse of being lonely or I could see it as a gift to really learn what makes me tick and then exercise now with our slight slight release of freedom um who who was allowed to enter into my vicinity and who not mm. and lockdown Wait. gave me that did it make you kind of really reevaluate how you wanted to go forward with your life and things that you wanted to change and then you had that kind of experience and of being able to sort of sit with yourself and enjoy your yeah. own yeah Definitely. And on the whole topic of, you know, what we're talking about, I now I've never felt like this before. But if someone doesn't like my curves, because I've learned to enjoy them myself, and what makes me tick, if that person doesn't like my curves, you can do on me. Because there's a lot of here to love. And I will love you back. But I've never felt like that before. That's really good. That's so cool. Emma, you said something that's just now that's really struck a chord with me and made me feel a bit sort of um, emotional because I think it's so hard. You talked about sitting with yourself. Yeah. And I think that's possibly one of the most scary things. Well, definitely for me. Because I'm a, like Rodney, I'm sort of a very busy person. My mind goes at 50,000 times, uh, 50,000 miles an hour. Sitting with yourself. And again, oddly, what you said about sometimes actually when you're talking to people, you're not really dealing with the issues, you're just talking about the issues. But sitting with yourself and dealing with the issues are, is incredibly scary. And I think you're the, the most vulnerable because you realise that actually 
you are alone very much in the world in the fact that you have to deal with things yourself and you can't rely on other people all the time because you know if you have an internal trouble the only person who can really solve that or get through it is you mm. and um yeah i i think again sort of this idea of being mindful and therefore sort of i suppose being more sensual <laughs> and opening yourself up to yourself is, is is the almost ultimate vulnerability it's this incredibly sort of i find incredibly scary sort of sitting with myself yeah, it's really important to be able to yeah sit with yourself be friends with yourself and mm. sort of your own company without having to always seek out others and things like that i think it's really important but i also think we've lost the ability to self-congratulate ourselves and self um pat ourselves on the shoulder without going oh is that big-headed or is that am i you know uh, th those little successes yeah and imposter syndrome yeah yeah exactly and i think that's uh, that's such a big liberating thing of going sure i'm actually all right i'm not perfect but it's taking the edge of the seriousness of it and it's having a lighter relationship with yourself. And that, I think, is something I wish we got taught from a younger age, because that teaches you to be in touch with your senses and not feel ashamed that if, if you know, for all of us, we all do it in different ways. And, you know, I've, I've been a raving codependent um, and have been in therapy for codependency. And codependency is uh, you please everyone else and you always think you're not good enough. But what doesn't get talked about good enough in codependency is you become addicted to, I guess, your own problems. And when I just owned that, um, I kind of I fell in love is the wrong word, but I liked myself again. I was like, oh, OK, I need to see the good and the bad. And when I embraced that, yeah, I, I used lockdown as a as a time to explore all of it. Intimacy, sensuality, sexuality, uh, sitting with myself um, and becoming coming kind of the architect of my own life. I've got a question for you. Yeah, when yeah, you realised with uh, you were talking about 18 years together, 16 years yeah. marriage and then yeah. a mum, a wife. Yeah. What did you do? What kind of, what tools did you go to, to then rediscover yourself, to find your own sensuality and spirit? Uh, similarly to Kim, I hit 40 and it was like, hang on a minute. I have suppressed so much of myself and denied myself um, for a long time. Um, and I started focusing more on the things I um, used to be interested in before I was married. Um, but I think it's about finding a balance and I'll be completely honest with you. I haven't found that balance yet. And it is an ongoing, 
struggle for me and it, it creates a lot of turmoil for me in the fact that, you know, I am a wife, I am a mother, but, um, you know, I have a lot of external hobbies and I enjoy certain, you know, things that don't involve my husband and don't involve my children. But I feel guilt and I feel shame for thinking like that. Um, because, you know, as a wife and mom, you're supposed to be a wife and mom, but actually, you know, you know, sometimes I actually say to my children today, I'm not mummy, call me Jane. Really? Because, yeah. Even my little one, even my two and a half year old sometimes shouts up and says Jane. Um, yeah, because, you know, I'm not just mummy. No. My name is Jane. <laughs> I love that. Lose your identity as a woman just because you're yeah. a mother, and yeah. then when the kids go off to university and leave you on your own. If you if you've made yourself a mother and nothing else, then you what go, are you? <laughs> fucked. Yeah, exactly. What you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, you are fucked. I mean, My yoga is really important to me. My singing is really important to me. My writing is really important to me. The thing is, though. What I always say is that I'm an incredibly privileged position because I ha I'm luckily enough, lucky enough to have a lot of childcare support and I earn enough to be able to enjoy these things. Oh, I'm in, in an incredibly privileged position and not all women have that, have that luxury. So I should really stop bloody complaining. I do, but, you know. <laughs> All right, I think we should wrap up and I'm going to end with a quote actually from a sensuality coach and actually is a man. His name is Lebo Grand and he says this about sensuality. Sensuality is a container for your desires, growth and transformation. What are your thoughts about that? It didn't resonate with me. It's like if someone's trying to be all spiritual or something, I just think of... <laughs> and we've proved that it, it all means, means really different things to all of us because yes the brilliance of humanity isn't it we're all really different and we've all had different life experiences and that's why these things you know resonate differently for all of us i like that i feel like that i mean if for me, that speaks to what Audrey was talking about and, and being in touch, you know, finding herself during this lockdown period and, and finding that, you know, like that, that clarity. It's because uh, that sentence, I feel, deals with one element of sensuality. So it describes one element very well. But because, as we've discovered tonight, we are all thinking differently to the words sensuality and sexuality. So I don't think it, it sums it all up. I think it's brilliant for a strand of that word. Think, I'm just actually thinking back to that, that definition of sensuality or that sort of that, that, that thing you just read. And I'm just thinking, you know, I, I sort of, one thing I need to do more of and yoga does help me do this what i need to do more of consciously is slowing down and enjoying the present and enjoying the moment and you know the buzzword mindfulness but it is really important and i think that as part of that 
you become more or you need to be more in touch with your senses to enjoy the moment so in that case in that sense yes um that sensuality that mindfulness can help you grow because being living in the moment is far more important and from an anxiety and depression perspective from a mental health perspective i think it's it's vital and i think that's what a lot of people need to do i definitely need to do that definitely and slowing down really gets you in touch with your sensuality and you start thinking about what you want to do next i mean has anyone got any ideas on for example what they want to do after this podcast you know we've slowed down to talk about sensuality what's next do you know what's left me wanting to do? Because I love the way of uh, Native Americans, of old Indian, uh, you know, Red Indian traditions. I'm so intrigued now to look into what sensuality was to them. God, I thought you were going to say masturbate. <laughs> well, that's we sensuality. Do it now. Just saying. <laughs> that's my favourite type of sensuality. Yeah, yeah. What indigenous peoples? What that? What what it meant to them? Yeah, just because um, I don't know why. I'm thinking like Emma said about spirituality. Layla has talked about the openness, and there's so much we still do to this day of looking at um, signs or um, like even the feather tickling and stuff like that. You know, it all dates back so much further than we even realise. So I'm like, oh that would be in it because they were so open-minded they were open-minded to um uh, exploring nature of exploring themselves of bearing the body of having you know um a, a cozy environment well hold on a minute that's sensual isn't it sensual very sensual yeah so i'd never thought about that before and i might look into it but based on the finishing of that sentence my brain went visual and I just saw indigenous people for some reason. So I'm quite intrigued to explore that. Yeah, I'd like to find out what you what you find out. So please do share. Because I, I was also wondering about sensual men. So when I was Googling, it said something about why mature women like sensual men. I didn't read it, but it was just a headline. And I thought, oh, because do you think normally, like we said earlier, I think someone said it's like quite feminine. It's like the idea of feminine, I think sometimes they think sexuality is like more mm. just masculinity and mm. so I was interested maybe maybe see if you if you come across any sensual men on your research or mm. I'll look at more than just indigenous people because I'll look into you know obviously India as well because you know the oh my gosh you know tantric and and stuff I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the the connection between them and even Egyptian you know so yeah, yeah there'll be some interesting, there'll be some interesting stuff. I reckon. I me- I remember when I was looking up when I was getting married. I looked into oh like I was looking at getting married in South America. I didn't. I got married in London, but I was looking <laughs> at it before, and I was like, oh, I wonder what like kind of Aztec traditions I could put into my wedding. And they were like, marriage is very much a business transaction <laughs> for <Yes>. the Aztecs. <laughs> I was like, okay then, that's not so romantic. Oh, forget it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> love it i'm gonna light a candle or i tell you what i do like my japanese incense sticks 
And sometimes I actually get so excited about lighting my Japanese incense sticks because if I feel really sort of down, they really lift my mood. All right, ladies, I think it's time to conclude this conversation. We've all had different points of view, and that's what I love about this topic, sensuality. We all have different ideas of what that means to us. Meanwhile, um, Odney has some homework to do. And uh, Lila might be starting a trend for two-hour baths, perhaps. Do it. No, I, I, yeah. have, I have long baths every morning, so I'm totally with you. Love it. Do you have baths in the morning? Yeah, an hour. I eat my breakfast oh. and read. No oh way! You eat breakfast in the bath? Yeah. Awesome. I bet lasagna in the bath. That's the best I've done in the bath. <laughs> it in the how, did you, how did you get out? What are you like really like really bloated? <laughs> well, I don't have a freak. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I'm too warm to know. So what's your normal breakfast, Emma? A bit of toast or something. <laughs> or sometimes muesli and yogurt or something, yeah, a bit of granola and yogurt. Bar. Not nothing cooked. No. No. Layla wins that award. How, how much cooked things can you take into the bath? <laughs> and Emma's like, how much can you do in the morning in the bath before you get up? <laughs> yeah. You know, I have wine in the bath. No, I don't. No, because it's morning. <laughs> I think I'll start. Of course, yes, that would make you an alcoholic. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> wine. Wine in the bath. <laughs> Okay, here's one. Sorry, Kim. I know you're trying to end it. But um, Lila and Emma, in England, have you seen that you're going to be able to bathe in um, mulled wine this year in certain places in the UK? So I, I think you guys need to explore this and feedback. Okay, that's my research. I'm on it. Ooh. Mulled wine bath. I don't like the spice right idea of the spices in your in your yoni, whatever the tantric name is for. Oh, it would be disgusting, but it's going I ahead. Really, can surely not. Yeah, Google it. Spice. Hmm. We well, wouldn't put the, you wouldn't put the spice bag in there. Well, because there's a lot of sugar. <laughs> You're just going to be like sticky, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't stay too long. You're asking for like some sort of yeast infection. <laughs> you, yes, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and even a mulled wine bath, England. That's mulled- what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, right. right Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what I find. Likewise. All right, ladies. It's been so good, ladies. Honestly, I've really enjoyed chatting with you all this evening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been really, really nice. Anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Yes, probably a good idea to end it there. So I think sensuality is something that entices us to go inwards, to help us grow, and to explore within ourselves. But also, I do think our sensuality is always changing. So it's important to ask yourself what makes you feel sensual. And perhaps look at moments that have made you feel sensual. And I just wanted to conclude with a quote from Dr. Rachel Allen. She is a holistic psychologist and pleasure expert. And she says, 
If we are disconnected from our sensuality, we are disconnected from pleasure. Many deprive or deny themselves pleasure, which is a basic human right, because they don't feel they deserve it. Or they chase pleasure down all the wrong paths, looking for it from things outside of themselves. And then we look for pleasure from other people or other things without knowing how to be sensual within ourselves. Indeed, the answers can always be found within ourselves. In fact, I do believe we may have to do a part two on sensuality. There's still a lot more to discuss. Until next time. And just to add, our next podcast will be about using our voice. There are a lot of women who don't speak out enough. That should be an interesting one. So make sure you listen to that. In the meantime, you can check out my website, which is mindfulthinkingatplay.com.